The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6, Caleb is coming to Joshua. Moses had long passed off the scene, and now they had come into the promised land. And now Caleb, one of the two spies, Caleb and Joshua, they were the two good spies. We were singing that songs. Twelve men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad. Two were good. Um, and these were the two spies that were good. These were the two spies that obeyed the Lord. The two spies that had faith in God, saying, we can do it. We can conquer these people. We can conquer them because the Lord said so. And now Joshua and Caleb were both old. Uh, it had been, they were about 40 years old at the time. And 40 years had passed since that time. And then now the time of conquering the land of Canaan. And now Caleb comes to Joshua, his old friend. Um, there were spies together there. It says, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of God, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly follow the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said these forty and five years even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced, if so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed Caleb, and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron before was Kerjathaba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land had rest from war. We'll pray and we'll jump right into the message. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for the message we heard this morning. Lord, the ascent to hope. And Lord, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray you'd help us never to be a hopeless people. Uh, Lord, I pray we'd always hope in you. And Lord, hope in God. Lord, I pray you'd be this now as we look at your word. I pray you'd help us to have the faith that Caleb had. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to have the courage and the determination, Lord, to wholly follow you. And Lord, to conquer um, Lord, all through our life, and I pray that we'd please you with our life, for it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Here in Joshua chapter 14, Caleb comes to Joshua and says th- th- these words, we have a song, I want that mountain, and he says, give me this mountain. At 85 years old, he was ready to do some more conquering. He was ready to climb up that mountain and take them out and claim it as his own. You have to, you have to imagine how it would have been back then to to climb up, not just to climb up a mountain, but to uphill battle up a mountain. It was not the type of fight you wanted to fight. Uh, In the Civil War, some of the most bloodiest battles 
were, uh, as, as far as one side goes, was the side that was trying to take the hill, was trying to take uh, the high spot, because on the high spot was where, in this time, the archers would have been able to just, just kind of pick them apart. And he said, I'm, I want this mountain. Give me this mountain. If so be, the Lord will be with me, there in, in verse 12, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. Mountains are amazing things, in- indeed. Um, it's, it's beautiful to see the mountains, and I, I would love to one day climb a mountain. Um, a lot of people have different bucket lists and some different things. Um, I, I probably, I, I don't have one that I've actually written things down, but I, I know in my mind I can name off some things that I would like to do before, before I die, uh, before I, the, I do the bucket list, before you kick the bucket, um, get, get some things done. Uh, but if I had like an extreme bucket list, one, the, the number one thing on my extreme bucket list, things that I know I will never do, um, but I would love to do, one is to travel in space. That would be, my, my wife, I, I, I think she already knew exactly what that was. Um, as a child, I have loved space travel. Uh, I've, I love reading up on the Apollo missions, the Gemini missions, all the different things. Some of you are like, what a nerd. Um, I, didn't know, I didn't know he was so nerdy. Uh, but I, I just love that. And if today, I know it would never happen, but if NASA came to me and said, we would like you to be the, the first man on the moon since 1972 when Apollo 17 landed, I would say, sign me up. I'll, I'll be there. Or if they say, we'd like you to be the first man on Mars, I'd, I'd do it. I'd be there in a heartbeat. Say so that would be a long trip. Um, I know it's never going to happen. But if it did happen, sign me up for it. Another thing that I would love to do um, is to be able to say that I've successfully climbed the highest peaks of each continent. There, are people, there have been people who have done that. Um, I, I was reading about it, and I believe as of 2008, so this was a little while ago, there were 200 people who climbed to the peak of, um, I know I'm going to say this wrong, this, this one mountain, I'll have some of my world geography buffs, um, in the Christian school, Mount Kosciuszko, I think I, made, I don't know if I said that, I think I just butchered that, um, I believe that's the highest peak in Australia, uh, Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa, Mount McKinley uh, here in, the, in North America, Mount Anacagua in South America, Mount Elbrus in Europe, and Mount Everest, of course, in Asia. It would be an awesome thing to be able to say, I was on the top of all those mountains. But that's definitely not an easy thing. It's not an easy goal, it's a costly thing. Uh, it would take a lot of time, but I can only imagine what it would be to, be to be on top of that mountain and to see the view. Can you imagine being on top of Mount Everest, the highest point that you can be on land in the world, and just to be able to see for miles, be able to see so far, such a beautiful, I, I can just imagine a, a beautiful morning, clear sky, and just being able to see an endless um, a horizon there. That would be an awesome feeling, but I do understand it would not be quite an awesome feeling, the trek uphill, the trek up the mountain. It's very dangerous. Um, Unfortunately for me, the extent of my mountain climbing is the Poconos and uh, the foothills of the Silicon Valley. Uh, there was one time, the Silicon Valley, the, there where I went to college, Santa Clara, San Jose area. Um, it's a valley there, and it's got around it what looks like mountains. They're not really mountains. They call them foothills because they're not really tall enough to be a mountain. Uh, but I remember one time I was, I, I know I shouldn't have done this, um, but I was in class, and for whatever reason, my mind was elsewhere. And I was, I, I, I had a map on my phone. And I was looking, and I saw this reservoir that was in the foothills. And I, said, I'm, I'm, I said, I want that reservoir. I'm going to swim in that reservoir today. And I, I was off work that day, and I rode my bike through the foothills. It, was a, it wasn't a mountain, but it was uphill, and it was steep, 
and there were times that it was hard. There was another time um, I didn't end up going to the foothills because there were some dangerous-looking cows there. Uh, there, was, there was a fence, and there was just a ton of cows. I didn't want to mess with them. I didn't want them to ram me or anything. So I got up to the top there, and then I came back down. It was much easier going back down. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. There was another time I decided I was, again, off work, um, and I said, I'm going to go to San Francisco today, and I'm going to cross the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, with my bike. I just, I just had all these adventures with my bike. These are actually my only two real adventures, and someone stole it, and I didn't had no more adventures. Um, but I got the pass, got approved, and I, I took a train from Santa Clara to San Francisco, and I rode through San Francisco. It was a nice ride until I made the descent up to the Golden Gate Bridge. It was steep, and I'm embarrassed to say I did not, I, I made it, but I had to get off my bike and walk for a little while. Uh, because I had a mountain bike, I didn't have a regular like, climbing, touring bike or whatever, and it was difficult. And if you're going to climb a mountain, a real mountain, it's going to take, uh, number one, it's going to take patience. It's not something that just instantly, if I, if I say, to, all right, tomorrow we're, we're leaving um, for Nepal, I believe that's where Mount Everest is, uh, somewhere around there. We're going, to go, we're going to climb Mount Everest. It's not going to be something that, by, we're going to climb there and we'll be back by dinner. It, it's something that takes a while. It takes a lot of patience. Uh, secondly, it takes perseverance. It, it, it takes a lot of, I, I'm determined I'm going to finish this. There's going to be hard times that are going to come. There's going to be difficulties that are going to come my way. There's going to be some cave-ins. There's going to be some times where I might get buried in the snow and got to dig my way out. There might be some, some hard things I'm going to face, but I'm persevering through them. It's also going to take passion. Nobody just says, ah, I've got nothing to do today. I'm going to climb Mount Everest. Uh, obviously, it's something they're passionate about. It's something that, just like Caleb here, was passionate. He said, give me this mountain. He said, I know it's going to be rough. I know it's not going to be easy. But the rewards will far outweigh uh, the, the price that I have to pay. And, and lastly, it takes purpose. Again, kind of similar with passion there. He had a reason for it. He said, this is what God promised me, and I want it. And I will do whatever it takes to get it. Um, the mountaintop, top, once you get there, a couple things it offers. Number one, it offers perspective. Uh, again, talking about on the top of Mount Everest, you're standing there and you see perspective like you'd never be able to see anywhere else. Because you're higher than anywhere else. And you can see farther than you could see at, 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 at any other place. And also, there's some peace up there on the mountaintop. If you've ever uh, climbed any steep hill, any uh, foothill, any, maybe you've climbed a mountain, or you're at the top of a um, ski slope, it's, it's peaceful up there. It's calm. You say, not when, not when I'm up there on the ski hill and I don't want to go down, or whatever it might be. Um, but there, there's some peace up there. The wind's blowing. There's not a whole lot of people up on top of the mountain. Um, some people quit along the way. But in the Bible, there are a lot of times there are things that God uses in his word to picture something. Uh, the Holy Spirit, for example, oftentimes in the Bible is pictured as oil. Um, talking about the light that it provides. Talking about the power that, that they would have used at the time, they would have used oil for, that we still use oil today. Obviously different oil than they would have used. Uh, but a, a, another picture of the Holy Ghost is wind. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit in John, there in John chapter 3. About it's, it's like wind. It's powerful. You can't see it, but you can feel its effect. And we, we know that with wind, and we know the same with the Holy Spirit. Uh, how about leprosy? Leprosy in the Bible is a picture of sin. It was a very nasty disease, just as sin is a very nasty disease. And the same way mountains are often used in the Bible to symbolize moments of victory in our lives. Moments that we enjoy after a long uphill battle. Again, it's not an easy thing. It's not something that you just take lightly and say, okay, I want this mountain, I'm going to get up there. We're going to look uh, in, in, in God's word at four different mountaintops. Um, four different mountaintops that in different people's lives, they experienced, it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. 
and four different mountaintops that we all need to reach at uh, many different points in our Christian life, over and over. The first one, we only need to reach one time, uh, but the other ones, it's a, a mountaintop that we should be climbing higher and higher. And here's kind of the thing with, with, with God's mountains um, in, in our life. We'll climb them. We don't know how we're going to make it, uh, but by God's grace, we will make it. With his help, with his leading, with his guiding, we will make it. And we get to the top there, and the perspective that we're provided is looking back seeing, oh, that's how we made it. I can see now what God had in plan for me. I can see now why God put this in my life. And then in front of us, right in front of us, there's a valley, and, in fr- and after that valley, another mountain, even higher. And God will push us and bring us higher in our Christian life. But oftentimes, many Christians decide, I'm going to take the easy route. I'm going to go around the mountain. I'm going to dig a tunnel through the mountain. I'm going to avoid this mountain at all costs, but you're missing something so great that can only be provided, that can only be seen if we climb the mountain. Go to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter number 22. We'll look at this. We'll just look for, quickly at four mountains, mountain tops that were climbed. Now, some of them, none of these were the equivalent of Mount Everest, uh, but they still took some climbing. They took some uh, effort. They took some difficulty in getting to the top. In Genesis chapter number 22, verse number 1, it came to pass after these things that, the, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And now this mountaintop is a mountaintop of faith, mountaintop of salvation if you will. Um, it's a picture, great picture of salvation in God's word. To where Isaac, his only son, he said, I want you to take him and I want you to sacrifice him. He was trying to test him. He was trying to see how much, how, how much faith that he had in the Lord and he got him there. And the interesting thing is, it says uh, there in verse number six, it says, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went, both of them, together. Uh, now, oftentimes, it's, there, there's kind of two different ways you can, you can look at this. One is, he's like, the, he, he's like the Lord. He's a picture of the Lord Jesus, and he carried our burden for us. But really, Isaac was the one that was spared. Isaac was the one that was not sacrificed. And so, in a way, you could also look at it as a picture of us. We have a great burden we carry throughout our life. We're born with sin. We carry the burden of sin all through our life. And we, we, we take that wood and that knife that would kill us. That wood and that knife that would um, seek to put us in hell for all of eternity. That sin that would separate us from God for all of eternity. And we carry that up through life. And life is tough. And life is difficult without the Lord. And he, Isaac asks his father, he says, Father, here's the wood, here's the, here's the fire. Where is the sacrifice? Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And he says, God will provide himself a lamb. And I'm thankful that throughout life, as we climb that mountain, we come to the peak of that mountain, and we come to Calvary, and to the point where we can see where God provides the lamb for a sacrifice for our sins. And as we climb that mountain, we can have forgiveness of sins. That mountain is our life. The mountain is something we all have to climb, but many people seek to bypass Calvary. Many, many people seek to carry the wood on their own. Many people seek to uh, pay for their sins on their own, but it can't be done. It has to be through the blood of Jesus Christ. It has to be through that lamb that God provided. That John said, Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. We must climb that mountain of faith, must climb that mountain of salvation, and trust the Lord as our Savior. But also that mountain of faith is something that we'll have to climb the rest of our lives. Just as um, Abraham 
was called upon God to sacrifice something important to him and to do something by faith. I'm not sure what Abraham thought, but here's what had to have been going through his mind. One, God promised him Isaac. God promised him that through Isaac would be countless seed, would be countless uh, people. But now God's saying, I want you to sacrifice him. So in in Abraham's mind must have been, well, God's going to raise him up. God's going to do something. God's going to intervene in some way, but I'm by faith, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever God says. And by faith, he did it. And we know the, the end of the story that the angel said, Abraham, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't touch your son. And they saw in the bush the ram that God had provided for a lamb. And there needs to be a point in our life, maybe you're in here and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. I know most of us are, pretty, are, are regulars, but that doesn't mean that we're all saved. Just because you regularly go to church doesn't mean you came to Calvary and cast your burden at Jesus' feet and accepted his sacrifice. So if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I hope today uh, will be that day. Go to Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter number 24. Verse number 12. Moses had been speaking with the Lord, and Moses had been given the law, and Moses had been leading God's people through the wilderness, uh, leading God's people uh, through uh, the, the wilderness there. And in verse number one, uh, God said, uh, he said to Moses, come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the seven elders of Israel and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh. And then we come down to verse number 12. And the Lord said unto Moses, come up unto me into the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of stones and a law and commandments, which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And so number two, we see the mountain of salvation, the mountain of faith. Um, number two, we see the mountaintop of a walk with God. Very important. It's not something, again, it's not something that's easy. It's not something that all of us just, I do great in my walk with God. It's just, it comes easy to me. Now, sometimes it's a mountain. Some days it's easier than others. Some days are some flat times on the mountain, but some days it's an uphill battle. But it's something we've got to fight. It's something we've got to persevere. It's something we've got to have patience in. Why? Because we need to get to the top of that mountain and we need to hear from God. We need to get to the top of that mountain and we need to see God's glory. And that's what Moses saw there. For Moses, it had to have been a difficult climb. He was over 80 years old at the time. Imagine that. Again, just like Caleb. Um, He was over 80 years old. We don't know exactly when this happened um, in their wandering, but Moses was 40 years old when he killed the Egyptian, and then he was in the wilderness for 40 years, and then he came back, and God let the people go, and so now they're in the wilderness, so he was over 80 years old at the time. He's climbing this mountain, Mount Sinai. It had to have been a difficult climb, but he needed desperately to meet with God. God's people needed him to meet with the Lord. And just the same way in your life, parents, you need to meet with God. On a regular basis, because your, your, your children desperately need it. Your children desperately need parents who hear from God, and that way they can, that you can teach your children, just like Moses uh, was given the responsibility to teach God's people. And Moses, verse thir- 13, rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God. He climbed that mountain. He said, give me this mountain, doesn't matter how difficult, doesn't matter how hard it is, doesn't matter how tired I get, doesn't matter how many times I want to quit, I'm going to climb this mountain, I'm going to meet with God. And each day, we need to climb that mountain. Each day, we need to get closer to God. Each day, this, this is a mountain that really, there's not much, there's, there's not really an end to it. There's not really a point where I'm up at the top, we can always get further. And there, there's, there's different points where uh, God reveals his glory more than others, and we say, wow, this is amazing. That's something that keeps us going. It's something that keeps us pushing onward. And Moses got to hear God's voice. 
Moses got to see God's glory. The Bible talks about how Moses desired, Lord, Lord, let me see you. And he said, he said, Moses, you can't see me or you die. And so he said, what I'll do is um, you can hide here in the cleft of the rock. And I, as I pass by, I'll kind of put my hand there and you can see my hinder parts. He said, you can see my back. He said, I'll let you see me, but I, you can't see my face. He said, you'll die if, if you see my full glory. Uh, but he was able to see, in part, the glory of God. And all of us need to see that. doesn't matter how old you are as a Christian. doesn't matter how young you are as a Christian. We need to hear from God. And we need to see his glory in a great and mighty way revealed to us. And that's, and that's through just opening God's word and reading it. I know we're busy. I know we've got things going on in our life. But we, if we're so busy that we don't have time with God, we're too busy. And that's the truth. There are times in my life I get busy with, with ministry, I get busy with my family, I get busy with different responsibilities, different things, and if I find myself not in God's word the way I should be, I need to reevaluate, I need to look back and say, okay, what do I need to do different? Because all of us have different things we can cut out of our life that really aren't necessary. Sometimes it's, it's, it's easy for us to take the things that aren't necessary, add them in, and then the responsibilities, and then, oh, there's no room for my walk with God. We need to flip it around. Well, t- well, let's, well let's first, number one priority, our walk with God. And then our responsibilities. And then if we have time for the other, the, the other pleasures of life or whatever it may be that we enjoy um, that aren't necessary, then we have time for those things. But God's a walk with God is far more important. I'll go to 1 Kings chapter 18. Again, we're going quickly, moving quickly through these. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. Here in 1 Kings, God's people definitely were in desperate need to see God do a mighty work. They had been worshiping Baal. They had forsaken the Lord. And Elijah, the man of God, God's prophet, for three and a half years, he prayed that God would not send rain. Imagine. Imagine that. Um, That that would be a long time for us to not have rain. Uh, but I think we'd have an easier time getting by without rain than they did back. I, I know it's, I know it'd be difficult, um, but they didn't have all the artificial foods and all the preservatives and all the chemicals. They could just make food however they wanted. Um, not definitely not a good thing. But um, but back then it would have been devastating to them. There were people starving. There, there, there were people that were crying out to the Lord. But Elijah said, "God, don't send rain." Each day he'd pray, "Lord, don't send rain today," and God listened to him. And God. Um, God obviously didn't obey him, but God answered his prayer, and there was no rain. And there came a point where Elijah realized God, God's people need to see God do a mighty work. Um, of course, it's not rained, but so he challenged the, the prophets of Baal there on Mount Carmel, and he climbed up again, climbed that mountain, Mount Carmel. And he begged God to show himself real, and, and here's the mountaintop, the mountaintop of God's power. We need God's power in our lives. We need for the world to know, in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, don't, don't turn there, uh, but David was given the opportunity to battle Goliath. Saul said, There's, you can't do it, you're, you're, just a, you're but a youth, and he's been a, a man of war from his youth. And David said, well, I've, um, I've, I did this, I, I, I killed the lion, I killed the bear, and God was with me then, God will be with me now. And he was trusting in the Lord. He said, you come to me with a sword and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And by God's power, he did it, and he said this, that all Israel may know that there is a God. He said that all Israel may know, and Elijah, for the same reason, he said all Israel needs to know that God is real, that Baal is not real. They need to know that God, the Lord, Jehovah, the God that I worship, is the real God. He's the one that delivered us from Egypt. He's the one that we've worshipped all these years. We've gone astray, but we need to get back. 
We're in the same situation today in our country. We are far from God, far from where we should be, far from where we were just 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, Definitely far from where we were when this country was founded. And we desperately, desperately need to see God's power in each and every one of our lives. And it's going to take climbing the mountain. We talked about it on on Wednesday. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Uh, It is, God's power is free. As I was writing some notes, I, I, I I almost wrote this. God's power is free, but it isn't cheap. If you think about that, God's power is free, but it's not cheap. Again, it doesn't cost us money. But it's not easy to get. It's not something that you just go to um, the lost and found and just, oh, this is my, I'm going to claim that. That's, that's mine. No, it's, it's not something that you just, oh, here's some free power. Come take it. No, it's something that we're going to have to struggle. It's something we're going to have to pray about. It's something we're going to have to seek God for. It's something we're going to have to climb a mountain, so to speak, for and get to that mountaintop where now Elijah had God's power on his life. And Elijah, with just about 60 words, prayed, oh, God, hear me, and fire fell down. And God's power was revealed. And God did a great and a mighty work and revealed his power to all those people. And God can do the same thing today. We serve the same God that Elijah served. We serve the same God that Moses served. We serve the same God that David served. We serve the same God that D.L. Moody, uh, Billy Sunday, different preachers just in recent history served. And they did great things to the Lord. They had God's power on their life. We can have God's power today. We must have God's power. We've got to have it. Uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul speaking, he said, uh, talking about the infirmity that God gave him. And three times, he said, thrice, I asked the Lord to remove it, and he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. And this is what Paul said. He said, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So it's not going to be an easy thing. It's not going to be something that is a joy ride getting God's power, but it is a necessary thing. And Paul was saying, I would much rather go through a hard time. I'd much rather climb this mountain that I can have God's power so that I can affect the people around me, so that I can see people saved, so that people will know that there is a God and that he's real. We need to have God's power. And there in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, look at verse number 21. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. And then Elijah, then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. And so he challenged them. He said, Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve Baal, who's done nothing for you? Are you going to serve Baal, who's just a, a, a piece of stone or, or, or a metal or whatever it may have been? Or are you going to serve the Lord, the God who created you, the God who brought you out of Egypt, the God who's brought you out of bondage over and over and over, and then the fire fell, and it revealed to God's people who the real God was. And they, again, they had to make a choice who they were going to serve uh, and who they were going to live their life for. And in our lives, we need God's power. We've got to have God's power. And it's not going to be easy. We've got to climb that mountain, get to that Mount Carmel moment in our life, and see God work in a great way. Lastly, last mountaintop that we'll look at, look at Luke chapter 23. If we'll have faith, if, if, if we're saved, we're God's children, and we can have that mountaintop experience of walking with God, God will give us that mountaintop experience of his power. And lastly, he'll give us this mountaintop experience that Jesus had in his life. Luke chapter 23. Look at verse number 32. 
Just a simple thought. Luke 23, verse 32. And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the, left hand, the, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Just moments earlier, Jesus had been condemned to die. They took him. And, 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 they, and they brought him in front of all the people. They stripped him of his clothes. And they began to whip him with that cat of nine tails and just tear his body apart. And they began to beat him. And they began to tear his beard out from him. And they took that crown of thorns and they put it on his head. And they, they took that as his back would have been bloody and his back would have been just all nasty. And they would have, they would have put that, that robe on him and it mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews. And they would have then ripped that robe off. And if you've ever had that happen to you before where something, got, you got a cut. On, this happened to me a lot. On my, maybe on my sock, you got a cut. And then you take the sock off and the blood had congealed and blood had kind of, and it ripped and tore it open again. Imagine that would have happened again to Jesus. And he would have been very weak. The Bible says you could not recognize him as a man. He did that for my sins and he did that for your sins. And then they said, the Bible says they, they gave him that cross. Part of that cross uh, would weigh probably about 100 pounds, if, just looking at history, what it would have weighed. Uh, he would have taken that cross and now climbed up that hill. See, it wasn't an easy thing. It wasn't a fun thing. It wasn't a pleasant thing. But he did it for you and he did it for me. We understand those Simon uh, came along and helped him carry it. But Jesus climbed that hill, climbed Calvary. And when he got to the top, it says they laid him down. They put the nails in his hands and in his feet, and they lifted him up. And he said in John chapter 3, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. In John chapter 3, we have the great verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And on this mountaintop, he reached the pinnacle of love. Love for people. Uh, more, greater love hath no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing, amazing thing to even think that God would consider us his friends. After all we did to him, after how we've sinned against him, after how he took our sins upon him, he still loved us. And God can use us to get to a similar mountaintop. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. And we'll have to climb up that mountain. And we have to do it for our love for the Lord, but also love for others. And God will, 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 will take us and he'll be able to use us to reach other people. But we've got to have that walk with God experience. We've got to have that mountaintop of power experience. And God will enable us to love people like Jesus loved people. And if we can reach that pinnacle, reach that mountaintop, it will give us much more perspective on why we're here. On why God has placed us here. On why God saved us in the first place. It will give us peace. Uh, but again, it's, it's going to take patience. It's going to take perseverance. It's going to take a passion. It's not going to be easy, but we've got to do it. We've got to climb that mountain. We've got to reach the top. Life is not always on the mountaintop. Again, we climb the mountaintop. You get there and you realize, man, it was worth it. Again, w- one day we're going to be done climbing mountains. One day we're going to be the ultimate mountaintop, Mount Zion. And we'll be there for all of eternity. And we'll be able to look back and say, it was worth it. It was worth it serving Jesus. It was worth it climbing the mountain. But life is full of struggle. Life is full of things. I don't know why this mountain's in front of me, but God's going to use it to reveal himself. God's going to use it to reveal his power. God's going to use it to enable me to love people more, to have more faith uh, the way that I should. But as we climb the mountain, it's a struggle, but it is worth it when we get to the top. And then there are the times when we're at the top, and we have that peace, and we have that perspective. Then there's the times when we come down from the mountain. 
We can't always stay up on the mountain, just like we don't always climb the mountain. Moses was not on the mountain forever. He was there for 40 days. And the Bible says he came down, and it says his face shone. You could tell that he was on the mountain. And people will be able to tell that you meet with God. People will be able to tell that you've climbed the mountain, and you'll make a difference in people's lives. And as Moses came down that mountain, there was a glow about him that others noticed, and he had an impact on other people's lives. Then there's the, the kind of the, the mundane valleys in our life. Um, in between mountain to mountain, they're easy times in, in a way. Uh, sometimes they can be lonely, sometimes they can be dark. Um, David said in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. So we know the Lord's with us in those times, but there's, there's those different times in our life. There's kind of the up and down, up and down. Um, climbing the mountain, I'm in the mountaintop, times of victory, now I'm coming down, and I'm influencing people, and now I'm in kind of in a valley, not sure what God's doing, not sure what God has for me. But then we approach that mountain again, we climb up, and we, we reach points higher than we ever reached before. And that's God's plan for our life, to climb those mountains, to get to points, um, to get closer and closer to God. So when you come to the foot of a mountain in your life, and, and, and you're tempted to go around, you're tempted to go through it, stand there as Caleb said, give me this mountain. He said, I, I, I'm, I'm much older now, I've been around for a while, but by God's grace, God will give me this mountain. By God's grace, God will help me overcome this trial. By God's grace, God will help me to reach the top, and I'll be closer to him than I've ever been before. Give me this mountain. It won't be easy. At times, you're going to want to quit, but by faith and with God's help, and is guiding, you'll reach the summit of the mountain, and it will be worth it. The view will be breathtaking. The closeness you have with God will be indescribable. It's worth it climbing the mountains. It's not easy. Uh, it's not always fun. It's not always our first choice. Oh, I want to climb that mountain. But by God's grace, he's going to bring us to mountains. And where God leads, God will guide. Where God leads, God will provide. And so if God leads you to a mountain, he's got you there for a reason. Say, well, I, I feel like my life is just all uphill. God will help you through it. God will help you reach the top. God will help you reach that point to where you can come down the other side and be a blessing to others and have an influence on others' lives. But will you, at that mountain, say, um, I'll take, the, like Lot. Lot said, Lot took the nice plane, took the, the, the fruited plane. Um, he took the easy road. Or we'd be like Caleb and say, Give me this mountain. I'll take this mountain. By God's help, by God's grace, I will conquer. I'll reach the top and I'll claim it as mine. Or will you avoid it? You miss out on so much blessing. The, the, the Christian life is not an easy life, but it is a blessed life. It's not always um, a, a fun, a joy ride, but there is joy in serving Jesus. There's satisfaction in, in going through adversity, reaching the top, and being close to the Lord than we've, closer than we've ever been before. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.